Welcome to Three Day Work Weeks for Millennial Entrepreneurs, the show where we explore how the magic of systems can help you achieve a well-rounded life and business. It's time to work smarter, not harder, and ditch that hustle harder lifestyle. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our signature program, Smarter Not Harder, Three Day Work Weeks for Millennial Entrepreneurs. And here's the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Three Day Work Week podcast. I am thrilled to introduce you to Wei Hung. He is a coach and mentor of mine, and through his entrepreneurial journey, he has discovered his passion and purpose, which is the goal to help people uncover and optimize their unique vehicle of self so that they can untether from the shackles of bad money stories and chronic self-sabotage. He is the author, podcaster, and co-founder of several companies and the creator of the Prosperity Breakthrough System. So for almost 30 years, Wei has worked with celebrities, industry thought leaders, and thousands of entrepreneurs all over the world to unlock and define their one unique path to a prosperous life. What I love so much about Wei is that he blends a unique cocktail of modalities that are grounded in science and quantum physics, and they're elevated through spirituality to help his students and clients break through their prosperity blocks so they can feed their passion and find their purpose. So Wei, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. And on top of finding their purpose, I think, you know, what we also do is because we help them break through their prosperity blocks, we help them fund their purpose as well. So Mm. super cool stuff. But yeah, thank you for that intro, even though I know where it came from. Hey, we got a little spin on it. Well, Wei is here today. Wei and I, to give you a little backstory, we met in Redondo Beach, California, where he lives at a conference. And we sat at the same table the whole time. And we just found that every time people were talking about challenges within their online businesses, we said, there's a system for that. There's a technology for that. There's <laughs> there's a way that you can make that easier and right. <laughs> make it more efficient. And we both kept bringing those types of things up. And, um, and so we really bonded over that. And part of why I wanted to have Wei on here today was to talk to you about how three-day work weeks, you might be inspired to have a three-day work week while you're listening to the podcast, or you're curious about having a three-day work week and you don't really know how that fits into your life. And you may even have some resistance around it. And that resistance is probably your own story that you're running behind the scenes. So Wei and I are going to dig into that today. And Wei, why don't you kick us off with telling us your story about three-day work weeks in your business? Yeah, I think the three-day work week is a very attractive, alluring concept, right? Because the reality is who doesn't want to have a three-day work week when it comes to your business? I mean, part of the point of being an entrepreneur is getting to a point because to me, what that represents is choice and freedom and all those different things, you know, and, you know, thinking back to what you were talking about, I still remember we were we were looking at everything through the lens of there's a way to make it more efficient. There's a way to make things better. There's a way to kind of shorten that investment of time and energy, which is probably so much more valuable than money in and of itself that it's worth paying for. Right. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it got to a point where it was so repetitive that we even stopped make talking about 
the specific strategy or specific system. It just became this inside joke. We just said systems, systems. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there's a system for everything, you know. And my background being an engineer, it's like you can't help but look at everything from a system standpoint, right? Without systems, it's just another way, uh, um, a fancy way of saying patterns that we see and mm -hmm. the patterns in our life, right? And so without patterns, we would have a hard time doing anything in life. Right? If you think about it, every habit that you've developed is due to a series of patterns that we create. So, you know, when it came to me um, and, and achieving a three-day work week, yes, I've been there. Yes, I created that lifestyle. Do I have that lifestyle today? Not as much. And, and let me tell you why. It, it's, I think it was... Um, and doing it, it really hit hard, actually. And it hit me multiple times. But this time it hit the most recent time. It hit me particularly hard during the whole COVID thing. I had gotten COVID and then um, it sidelined me for a good solid month. But for the first two weeks, I was so frustrated why it was taking so long for me to get better. I didn't feel like I was going to die or anything like that. But, you know, I I sat there and like, God, what the heck is going on? And what I woke up to and this is where actually I started to get better. And that's why I tell the world I totally called COVID and that was my doing. <laughs> um, I use it as a way to give my sideline myself, tell the world I needed a break to reevaluate, which I do. I find that I historically do on a regular basis just because of the speed and rate of up leveling that I do. Right. Um, and what I woke up to uh, literally on the couch was one day realizing that, oh, I, this is not, I'm, I'm kind of fallen off my purpose wagon, so to speak. And, and the interesting thing was I had created a lifestyle for myself that even my own teachers and coaches couldn't really challenge, right? At that point in time, I basically had a three-day work week, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursdays were my days. And, um, and the rest of the days I would you know, play beach volleyball, do whatever I want. If I wanted to work, I work. If I didn't want to work, I didn't want to work. I only needed about maybe 10, you know, 10 clients a year to make seven figures plus. And who's to challenge that ever? You know, my family couldn't challenge that. My coaches couldn't challenge that. My clients couldn't challenge that. It was like, oh, cool. You're doing amazing. But inside I was dying because I had become complacent. Mm -hmm. And and so I realized, oh, wait, this is cool, right? It's cool to have a three-day work week lifestyle, but it's not the lifestyle that I'm here for. And then I realized this is not why I'm here. I'm not here to create a lifestyle for myself. I'm here to do so much more, right? Now, it might sound like, oh, okay, well, then I don't want a three-day work week. And before we make it, use me as an excuse to not have a three-day work week, I'll tell you right now, it's only because I was able to create the freedom by having a three-day work week that I was able to find my purpose, that I was able to really clearly see what that was. Had I not had a three-day work week, so easy to distract yourself with stuff to do every single day. So easy Always, to distract. I day. have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this, right? Because five days a week, six days a week, there was no Ten-mile-long to-do list. Right. <laughs> exactly. And there was no space for me to ever take a look and reevaluate my life. And so it took me, it I guess, I guess the way to kind of summarize my, my most recent story is that it took me to revisit another three-day work week 
lifestyle, a different way to do it. Because I've done it before, but just look differently, look different. Mm -hmm. It took me another revisit to that to open up a new level of awareness of why I'm here. Had I not done that three-day work week, uh, I don't think I would have realized that that isn't actually the ideal usage of my gifts, of why I'm here, of my purpose, right? So, so what does life look like for you now? It's still, actually, it still kind of looks like a three-day work week. It's just spread out over oh, yeah? the course of seven days, right? So now I don't, I'm not as attached like, oh my God, weekend's here. I can't work, right? It's more like, or like mm -hmm. the structure of, oh, I've worked more than three days now. It's like, it's like that weird thing. You get to a three-day work week and then you create a little over, over systematized type of approach to it. Right now, for example, I mean, just this week, I'm looking at my calendar. Saturday, I blocked off like 30 minutes of work to do and the rest mm -hmm. of it's open, right? And so if mm -hmm. you kind of add up all the blocks of time that I have in my calendar, it still kind of is like a three-day work week, but it's just spread out over the course of six, seven days. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about this too, that uh -huh. a three-day work week does not have to be exclusively working only three calendar days per week, <laughs> that it right. can look like if you want or need to work a few hours each day mm -hmm. or several days out of the week, that's completely fine. But what you're hitting on here is that it is important to have that white space to be able to think about what's next for you what really is the best for your business. And mm -hmm. I, I do even say oftentimes that, yes, I do typically work about three days a week, mm -hmm. but it's either packed into three days. And when I say packed, not really packed, like maybe six <laughs> hour days. Okay. And then I occasionally do work on Mondays and Fridays as well. I typically do take the weekend off, but like you said, I work when I feel inspired. But the caveat to that is that when there are projects and things that I'm really excited on working ab excited about working on, mm -hmm. I'll work more because it's fun. It's what I want to do. It's in alignment with my purpose. I know the reason that I'm right. doing the thing. I'm not just doing the thing to do the thing to check it off the list, right? right. Isn't that right. exactly what you're saying? Yeah. And you have now have the space to do that, to put that in there. I, I almost would like to say that having a three-day work week actually clears up the opportunity to grow because I think, I mean, I can't even imagine it right now, but can you imagine like working eight-hour days, five, six days a week, and then somehow having creating space to grow? It's like you can't even yeah. grow. I, I, you know, I, I can't even imagine going back to that type of a lifestyle. And I think this is where a lot of people get stuck and why those that are stuck doing those five, six-day work weeks and wondering why they're stuck it's because there is no space for growth. And that's why, you know, those individuals should prioritize finding a way to create a three-day work week. It's all possible, you know, and any excuse that I found, and you and I have worked with clients on this, and I've done it for years, where we have all kinds of reason excuses why we can't do something. And yet we're surrounded by people who do it all the time in similar circumstances. You know, I have single moms that have been able to do that. Right. So to use the excuse like, oh, I have my kids and my family. It's like, well, how about a single mom? If a single mom is able to do it, what's your excuse? Right now, if your excuse is, well, I'm a I'm a guy, I have my responsibilities. Well, we have single dads that have done that, too. Right? I mean, it's yeah. it's it runs the entire gambit. So it's almost as if you get to a point where any reason excuse, I mean, if when you've been in this game long enough, as long as I have, 
you stop having to make up ways to convince someone out of the excuses. You could literally say, I know someone who had, who's in almost an exact type of circumstance and they're mm-hmm. able to do it. What's your excuse? If they're able to do it's it. It's not just yeah. comparing yourself, that phrase that people like to use, you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. <laughs> right. you know, Beyonce right. does have a lot of resources. Uh-huh. And so that does make life easier. But at the same time, she was once at a point where she mm-hmm. had, I think, a single mom. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, but they were they were hustling, making it work. But you don't have to just compare yourself to some celebrity or right. some political figure. You can yep. com- I mean you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone. That's just an excuse. Right. right. Comparison is an excuse. Modeling, on the other hand, is a much better way because there's an interesting, you know, I think you and I discussed this before. When you there it's very similar when you compare yourself to someone or you model somebody, right? When you model somebody, you're you tend to look at what they're doing that works. What whatever yes. they're doing that works. Comparing means you have to cut yourself down a few notches so that you can see yourself as less than of what as what they're doing. Very, it's a very subtle distinction, but it's oh so powerful. And so, and I think you and I have discussed this in the past. It's like it's not about comparing; it's about modeling. And if you find yourself comparing mm-hmm. and there's nothing to model, then don't don't even bother, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean, I remember early on in in entrepreneurship, I looked at Jeff Bezos and say whatever you want to about him, but he's figured something out. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he likes to have a slow morning and he doesn't take meetings before 10 a.m. And he doesn't take any like critical thinking meetings after 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was something that really, which I'll get to in a second, ended up being something with my uh, my ULT assessment that really mm-hmm worked well with that, but Mm -hmm. it was something that I wanted to model. I saw that as something like, that seems like something I could fit into my lifestyle that, or that I could make my lifestyle fit into or work or work with. Mm -hmm. And so I modeled around that and it worked out really well, but it turns out that, you know, your, your ULT assessment showed me that that really is a great way for me to work as well. Exactly. And, and here's the thing is that, you know, Another excuse and reason is that, you know, a lot of people look at the three-day work week and they see only one way of implementing it says, oh, I can't do that. That doesn't work for me. And again, it comes back to, okay, well, there's an excuse and there's another reason, right? Because there's so many different ways to run three-day work weeks. I know I, I, I have clients in the past where their day doesn't start till afternoon. Right. Mm -hmm. And because they realize that that's when they're most efficient from, from noon till like maybe th- uh, four or five o'clock, that's their sweet spot of productivity. Mm-hmm. And so when they were, so when we created systems around helping them run their entire business and their day uh, in the most productive time of the day, it opened up so many types of opportunities because what they actually like to do in the morning was explore and go seek out new opportunities or investments and everything like that. And then that's what they did in the morning instead of forcing themselves to fit in what society and our culture expects the quote unquote work way to work day to start. Right. Yeah. I'm really excited about this world that we live in right now where the best of the best, the wealthiest of the wealthiest are sending an example of how not to buy into what most of us have been raised to work 
nine to five or eight to five and force us to live mm-hmm. in this particular structure, what it means to quote unquote work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone feels like they do have some resistance to the three-day work week, what would you suggest is the best way to identify that resistance in the first place? And then once you do, Mm -hmm. figure out what that story is. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, and and you and I, you know, work on this all the time is that resistance is kind of your friend. It's kind of an opportunity when every time we feel a little resistance around something. I know for me right now at this point in my life, and I feel resistance, I get excited. I'm like, ooh, what is that? You know, it's like, oh, it's like like getting hurt. And it's like, ow, wow, I wonder what that's all about. And I and I think that's that's the first step right there is to shift that perspective of resistance is not a bad thing. Resistance is an opportunity. So when you talk about it to your audience, when you hear Kate talk about it, when you hear me talk about it, I tell you, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So I say a lot of things right now these days that trigger a lot of people. And I'm okay with that because I see triggers as opportunities, right? So what if the trigger's not there anymore? But if you're thinking about a three-day work week and you're like, "Mm, I can't do that, that's like the first opportunity right there. And what you want to do is you want to take a moment to pause and maybe even write down to give it a name, what that resistance is. It's like write it on, like label it, describe it. What is that resistance? What is the reason? What is the excuse? What is the chatter behind that? And just stream of consciousness it out. Write it in your journal. Just write it on just so that you can actually see it outside of yourself. Now, the cool thing about the metaphor of that is that when you articulate something that's in your head that is that is contributing to the resistance and you write it and you put it on like a journal or a piece of paper and you see it outside of you, that's just that's already kind of like a metaphor that you've told your unconscious mind that you remove something from your mind and then mm-hmm. at that point have an opportunity to leave it outside of your ecosystem of self. It's really cool. It's like the first step, like you're asking, right? What's the first step? Well, that will be a powerful first step. And a lot of people don't do it. They think they can think it through, but what it does is yeah. like backwashing back into yourself. It's really gross. Actually. Yes. <laughs> right? And you might end up, you probably will end up writing something that you're kind of surprised when you mm-hmm. write it out mm-hmm. that that really is the reason. You know, maybe you had a boss one time that told you that you weren't doing a good job because you were working less than 70 hours a week. And right. you're still kind of operating under that that boss told you that was bad. Right. And you're an entrepreneur now and it doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. I mean, especially and also for me, like one of the things that came up years ago when I was exploring this paradigm of of reality is that, oh, I'll be I'll be seen as lazy. And I grew Mm -hmm. up with my parents constantly telling me because I was like I was kind of like an efficiency shortcut guy. But they thought they they called that being lazy. I don't want to do it the way I've been told to do it. I'm going to do it the long form. Show your work. I don't want to show my work. It's too, it wastes too much time. <laughs> right. And so my parents <laughs> that was like, the, the one thing I hated the most about math. I <laughs> <laughs> know. Show your work. I already got the, is the answer wrong or right? I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. Right. If you want to me to explain my process, then have a conversation with me. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> as a child saying that to your teacher? <laughs> no, they would not like that. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, what? Go sit in the corner. Great. Now I'm getting punished for articulating my thoughts. Anyway, so yeah, I was called lazy a lot by my parents, uh, mostly by my parents, and they, they they're they're considered authoritative figures in our lives, right? And so when I started to explore this paradigm of of how to uh, work as an entrepreneur, a three day work week, 
the percolating chatter under my mind for a long time was you're being lazy you're being lazy don't be lazy mm -hmm. and that made it so much harder for me to actually step into that commitment to creating a three-day work week because then it created more excuses right yeah once you get out of your head then you could do something about it and it's different for everybody you know, um, one of the one of the easiest ways is that everything that we chatter out, every utterance, if you will, from your unconscious mind, for the most part, is something that we learned. And the beautiful thing about that, and again, get excited. If you know that it's something that can be learned, that means you can unlearn it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the old adage, I can't teach an old dog new tricks is hogwash. You know, I have clients who are sure 60, is. 70 years old, and they're learning new tricks every single day, and they were loving it. So if you're not yeah. 60, 70 years old, you know, and you're taking this and saying, oh, I'm too old for that. What's your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? I think that should be a new tagline. What's your excuse? <laughs> it's true. Right? So we talk about not waiting for most of most people listening to this podcast probably are millennial. So at the top end, like pushing up on 50s, but bottom end, like early 30s mm -hmm. that you can do anything you want right now. You can create mm -hmm. the life you want right now. There's not a reason that you need to wait for retirement or to wait for making X dollars or what have you, because just mm -hmm. like Wei was talking about, when you get to that three-day work week, you have the opportunity to reflect and you have the brain space to go on long walks or whatever it is that you want to do that helps evoke, okay, Am I happy? Am I truly enjoying what I'm doing? And is what I'm doing on a daily basis in alignment with my purpose? Do mm -hmm. I have a reason to continue on doing things the way we're doing? Mm -hmm. If the answer is yes, great. If not, then you can pivot. Yeah. It gives you that opportunity. And and I and I think a lot of millennials don't realize just how lucky they are to be living in a time like this. I grew up in a time where to start a business and then get a business to become profitable in six figures, it actually took a really long time. Why? Because the technology just wasn't there to make it that easy. You know, just filing for incorporation, it required time. You had to wait. You had to send it through snail mail. You had to like fill out forms manually by hand or type hey, it with a well, typewriter. <laughs> well, I will say that my LLC processing just took three weeks for the last one that I did. But that's that was nothing. All, it, it was a little <laughs> test of my patience, but <laughs> right, right, and that's like, and that's the thing is that you know we we have to kind of look at the grand scheme of things. Is that it, it can happen really fast. I had a I had an interview on my podcast with somebody who was a Gen Z. And she basically, she was, she had recently went off on her own, started her own business. And within a year, maybe two solid six figures, if not multiple. Okay. And, and, and here's the thing is that, you know, the fears around being too old or it's too late or something like that are completely unjustified now. I mean, we mm -hmm. live in such an amazing time where things can literally happen overnight systematically. It used to be when people say overnight success, it was just like, well, was it really overnight? Was it pre preparation to be overnight, right? These days, I'm looking more and more, especially, I'm, and I'm so excited for the new entrepreneurs coming into the world of entrepreneurship is that you can, there's, are, there's systematic ways to create overnight success. And sometimes I've had clients and students that achieved overnight success and they weren't even ready for it. They're like, whoa, 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 wait, what's happening? It's like, are you complaining? It's like, no, this is just, 
I didn't expect it. It's like, yeah. 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 Well, that's why it's really good to have a system and foundation in place for your yes. business so that you are prepared for mm. that overnight success. That was how I started my business in the beginning was with a foundation of we will be so busy that I will not have the time to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I won't have time to hand print invoices and and do like follow-ups and all that kind of thing. I won't right. I just won't have time for it. I know that. I'm going to prepare for that and in 6 months time, we were above above and beyond that point of right. we grew 350%. And that's not the case for everyone, but it is the case for everyone that as this as the founder of your company, as the CEO, you need to be the big visionary. You need mm-hmm. to be the one creating that growth. If you are mm-hmm. in the trenches, mm-hmm. which is what typically creates more than a three-day work week, that's when you can't see. You are literally in the trenches digging and your head's down. Mm-hmm. You need to be up in an airplane looking over everything having yeah. a really clear view of what's going on. Yeah, I love that because that's that's really what describing the journey of that most entrepreneurs, I say all the time when people first start as entrepreneurs, they're not entrepreneurs, they're wannapreneurs, right? Until you mm-hmm. get to a point to realize that, oh, my role as an entrepreneur, owner of this business, creator of whatever this business is, is not to be working in the trenches. Now, mm-hmm. there are people who are actually really good at working in the trenches and 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 that's what they want to do. That's fine. You just got to make sure you you bring in the systems to handle all the other things that you're not so good at, right? So everybody, yeah. and I had a client that was struggling because he thought he needed to be the CEO of his business. It was like a $2 million business and he had struggled, he had struggled growing from that $2 million business. And it was because he was forcing himself to be the CEO. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him, you know, you're the owner of your own business, which means you could be the darn janitor, if you will. And that's your job in the company, but you own it. So who cares? Right. And I think there's something like that. We have to, you know, somehow remind ourselves on a regular basis that you could play any role you want. Just make sure that you have something or someone to cover all the other necessary roles of the company so that you can be Mm -hmm. in your little zone of genius all the time. And therefore the three day work week. Right. Exactly. So and if I, have a, I have a, actually have a question for you. So what, what do you say to people who, um, you know, get caught up in the, you know, the, the daily to do's and everything and they want to, and they can't get out of that or, or at, at what point is it you do spend too much time working on the systems, which then takes away from you growing the business and getting yourself to a three-day work week, right? Because that's an easy thing to do, to get so caught up in building systems and you over plan, which then leads to analysis paralysis, I think. (laughs) Oh, yes. So I am that person in a lot of ways that I love to build the systems. I think that is kind of a unique thing that that's not typically what a lot of entrepreneurs like to do is build the systems more like to just either do their work or go do other things things inside the business, you Mm -hmm. know, deliver on the service or product. But Mm -hmm. if you feel stuck in that mode of I've got to create the systems, leverage an expert, you know, that's, that's part of why I'm here is that Mm -hmm. I've tested and tried the systems. I give them to you so that you can just plug and play, adjust them accordingly to make them work for your business and then go on. 
and, yeah. and work on other things that utilize that free space that you have. That's a, a big part of when I talk with my one-on-one clients is part of the prerequisite is you have to know what you're going to do with your free time that we are creating. Because if you don't, you're going to just fall back into adding more to your plate, working mm-hmm. more hours and getting yourself back to where you were. Yeah. I so love that. Having a plan for that. Yeah, I I I love that, and you're reminding me to revisit my stuff now, because it's it, it my you know one of my things I used to say all the time my eventual my eventual goal is to get to a point where I'll have like a team meeting and I'm like I feel like the stupidest guy in the room because everybody yes. that's doing what they're doing is so much better than I am, and I'm mm-hmm. you know only good at this little piece right here which I'm totally fine with and everything else I feel like completely humbled by which. I am so looking forward to to having happen. And it's been hard because I grew up in a household where my dad said, you need to be an expert at everything. So we never hired out. We did everything ourselves. And what we didn't know how to do, we learned to do. So yeah. if you ask me if I know how to lay hardwood floors, yes, I do. If you ask me how to <laughs> overhaul an engine in a vehicle, yes, I do. Fix plumbing, yes. Electrician, yes. Build a house, probably. <laughs> Now ask me if I want to do those things. No, <laughs> no, so no. And I think life. there's that, that is a great topic for even another podcast episode of that fine <laughs> right. line of, of outsourcing completely and becoming an expert that there, there is an in-between that you can, you can tow that line of, of yeah. what that looks like so that you're not so clueless as to what's going on that your business runs away from you. <laughs> and you also aren't, so in the trenches of doing all the doing of everything and trying to become an expert on everything that nothing ever gets done. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. There is well, that. It's like pendulum swinging, right? So it is. Well, I think we've given people a lot to chew on for today. So yeah. way, if people want to hear more from you mm-hmm. or find out about your programs, where do they need to go? Well, the first step is to see if you even like what I'm all about. Um, I think the best way is to check out my podcast uh, my and my website of my podcast, which is untetheredandprosperous.com. And from there, you can find out all about my podcast called Untethered and Prosperous. We are in the middle of launching a whole movement around that. There's a there's a book that's coming out in a couple months under the same name, Untethered and Prosperous. You can Google that and find me. I think that's the best way. And from the podcast website, there's so many different ways to connect and reach out to me. I'm also really easy to find. Just Google my name and I'll come up everywhere like Facebook and Instagram. And But the podcast, I think, is the best way. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll have all of that linked in the show notes and I'm sure we'll have way back for another conversation. So if y'all have enjoyed this, make sure to screenshot it, share it on social media. Let us know what your big takeaways were. And Wei, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. This was really fun. I have something to walk away with too. I have a lot of things to walk away with. So thank you for sharing your (laughs) wisdom as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Always. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're curious how you can create more white space while scaling your business, check out the show notes to learn more about our signature program, Smarter Not Harder, three-day work weeks for millennial entrepreneurs. Make sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.